So today we're going to continue the series, Defeating the Weapons of Self-Destruction. And I said last week that we have faced the enemy, and it's us. Most of the problems that we have in life belongs to us. Most of the things that come our way. Now, I'm not saying we don't have an enemy. I'm not saying we don't have a devil. But I'm telling you, the biggest devil you'll ever fight is self because that stands in the way. Jesus said, if any man comes after me, he must deny, help me out, he must deny himself. Pick up his cross, follow me. So we all have something that God is leading us to. So we talked about the world says that one should dress for success. Matter of fact, I saw that a couple of days ago. I was driving, I looked, and they, on the side of the um, a vehicle is a van, big van, and it had dress for success. I'm trying to figure that out. I thought, wow, that kind of goes along with what I'm saying. Dress for success. But now God wants us to dress appropriately, but in a spiritual application. So I want you to understand that. You know, I, it's okay to dress, you know, whatever. And I, I said that, you know, the way, one way of looking at that, if you're going to the bank, you wouldn't go to the bank with blue jeans with big holes in them and and, and tennis shoes that had been worn for six or eight years. Come on, somebody. And, and your hair in Kemp. No, you would kind of spruce up a little bit, clean up a little bit, put on your best attire, and you would go, and, you know, if you want that loan, okay. So uh, God wants us to dress appropriately but in a spiritual application. We gave you a couple of scriptures. I'm just giving you a, a, just a three- or four-minute review of last week. And we said Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 22 says that we are to Put off the former conduct, in other words, the old man, that we're to take the old man off, that we're to put the old man aside because once you come to Christ, everything is new. And also in that same verse, it says, and that you put on the new man. So we take things off, we put things on, and God wants us to do that all through the word of God. Last week, we talked about the the biggest enemy that we fight is self and that there's seven Uh, weapons of self-destruction or seven problems that we face with self. And we went down the line and we talked about them. Shame, uncontrolled thoughts and compulsion and fear and hopelessness and bitterness and insecurity and some of those things that we deal with. And, uh, you know, let me just say this. If you don't have a healthy view about yourself, and I'm talking about the redeemed self. I'm talking about what Christ has done in us. If you don't have a healthy perspective of yourself, you're not going to deal with other people uh, in a good way. You know, the Bible says that, you you know, love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind. Help me out and love your neighbor as yourself. So if you have a problem with yourself, you're going to have a problem with other people. If you have a problem identifying and working things through in your own life, you're going to have it with other people as well. So today, we're going to be dealing with the antidote to those seven things that we're talking about. And Romans, turn there if you would, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. We're going to look at one verse of Scripture, and it's just so powerful. Now, many believe this is the greatest chapter in all the Bible. As a matter of fact, there was many Bible scholars that came together at a convention, and they talked about if you had, you know, one uh, a chapter of all the Bible, in all the Bible, there's one chapter that you could have is on a desert or, or you're, uh, you know, somewhere that you, you couldn't get to, to anything else. What is the one chapter that you would like to have? And 90% of them said that they would take Romans chapter 8 uh, here. And as we look at verse 1 together, I want you to see how powerful this is. And Paul says to the church, now, so now there is no condemnation to those who belong to Christ Jesus. Let me say it again. So now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ Jesus. Would you bow your heads with me? 
Father, we just want to say thank you. And Lord, we ask you to help us this morning to take some things off and to put some things on that we may dress spiritually for success in you, O oh God, and in life. Lord, I know that you have good things and you want to bless us. And many times we step on those uh, spiritual landmines and we get hurt. Help us, Lord, to see those today, identify those today, that we may walk in your ways, that we may walk in your word, that we may walk, God, in the ways that you'd have us to walk, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said... Now, the first step in defeating the weapons of self-destruction is this. Write this down. Number one, I must remind myself daily what Jesus did for me. There it is. I must remind myself daily what Jesus did for me, okay? And that's the starting point. You know, I love the song that Calvary covers it all, okay? And it really does. And we got to remember that. Calvary covers it all. When Jesus died on the cross... The Bible says in Isaiah, he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities and by his stripes were healed. In other words, it all happened on, at Calvary. So we ask, what is salvation? What are the benefits of salvation? Now, we have a lot of people who are saved, but they don't act like they're saved, okay? And a lot of times it's out without knowledge. They don't understand what the Bible is saying to them. They don't understand what Jesus did on the cross. You know, they, they run around all the time with shame and uncontrolled thoughts and compulsion and fear and bitterness and insecurity. And then some people, you know, that, that, that are not in church and some people that don't have a relationship with God and they see those that do and they're acting that way, they're confused. So we got to really, uh, you know, look at this in a, in a, in a better light. There's Christians They are Christians, but they are not set free from themselves, and that's really the problem. That's the crust of the problem. So we got to understand, you know, who are we? And we talked about, uh, you know, before a few weeks ago, who who we are in Christ, and that's who we need to be. You are what God says you are, not what somebody else says you are. You don't let nobody else define you, but what does God say you are? So look at it again, Romans chapter 8 and verse 1. Let's look at it again. And the first step, we got to remind yourself what Jesus actually did for you, and then the Holy Spirit can set you free from that shame and that guilt. Notice verse 1, so now there is no condemnation for those who belong to Christ. Now, what does it mean? What does no condemnation look like, okay? It means God doesn't judge you for the things that you've done wrong, and if you trusted Christ because Jesus took that judgment on the cross, and it's kind of like this, you know, everything that, that should, you should have been judged for and, and, and all of those things, it was put on Jesus and he took your rap. He took what you should have had on Calvary. He took that for you. He took the judgment. He took the condemnation so that you don't have to be condemned. He was condemned. He was condemned and he took our place on Calvary. And so he doesn't have to judge you because Jesus was judged. He doesn't have to condemn you because Jesus was uh, condemned. So the Bible says, if I'm a believer, everybody say if. Say if. If I'm a believer, if I belong to Christ, there's no condemnation. That, that's, that's really, that's a conditional thing. In other words, if I belong to Christ. Now, if you don't belong to Christ, you're going to feel condemned, and you are condemned because that's just the way it is. But circle the phrase, belong to Christ. That's the operative word there, okay? Those that belong to Christ. This whole passage is talking about people who have given their lives. That This doesn't apply to you if you don't belong to Christ. But if you belong to Christ, you know, you can put your name in there because this is a benefit and this is a blessing of the cross and a blessing that God, you know, gives to you. 
But if you've received Christ into your life, the Bible says you have no condemnation. Oh, I love that. I just love to say that. No condemnation. I'm not condemned. I, you, know, you know, nobody's pointing the finger at me this morning. Uh, that doesn't mean that, you know, that means that God is not mad at me. How many of you know that some people have this, uh, you know, thought pattern that God's always mad at them? And as Dan put it this morning, you know, with his grandbaby, he swooped her up this morning. And that's the way God wants to swoop us up every morning. Can you say amen? But sometimes we get this feeling that, that God's mad at us. We get this feeling that God's a, a thousand miles away, but he's not. Now, um, God's not mad at us. Now, notice it doesn't say that after I become a Christian that I won't sin. Now, you need to understand that. You, you are going to sin, okay? You're still going to sin. You're going to make mistakes. Now, I'm not saying this morning, I'm not saying that this morning to give you a license to do so. I'm just saying that, you know, somewhere along the way, you're going to have a, a, a shortfall. Somewhere along the way, you're going to fail. Somewhere along the way, you're going to miss the mark, and you're going to sin. But let me say this. I got good news. That's covered too. Can you say amen? In other words, the, the, the past, the present, and the future, you know, little ones sin not. That's what the Bible says. Don't, don't sin. Little ones sin not. But if you do, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. You know, as we walk in the light, he is in the light. We have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from most sin. Everybody say all. All, all sin. You still are going to make mistakes. It doesn't say I'm going to, you know, if, you know, I'm not going to fall or, you know, not going to look stupid. You're probably times that you will. But that is covered too. In other words, you don't have to walk around with shame. You don't have to walk around with guilt in your life anymore. You don't have to walk around with that. Because when Jesus Christ died on the cross, he not only paid for all the sins that you committed last week, last year, 10 years ago, or whatever, but also the sins you've committed today and the sins that you'll commit in the future. If you believe that, say amen. So the good news is there's no condemnation. In other words, God is not pointing the finger at you anymore. Now, God doesn't want you to sin because the wages of sin, help me out, is what? Death. The soul that sinned to surely die. So there's times that when you, you know, miss the mark or whatever, it causes you problems. There's always going to be problems. And then you have to go to the Lord and ask God to, you know, cleanse you of that and help you with that. And, and sometimes it scars us, sometimes what, whatever the situation may be. But we need to understand that God is not mad at you and, and the problem is not with God, okay? And notice that the next part of the verse, for the power of the life-giving spirit, Let's talk about the Holy Spirit. That's God's Spirit, okay? Has freed you through Christ Jesus from the power of sin that leads to death. Now, what does that verse mean? What does that look like? The second thing that I remember in this is because if I'm a believer, I have Jesus, I have a new power. I have a new power. God's given us power. God's given us mighty weapons to, to defeat the enemy in our lives. God's given us mighty power. God's given us the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says greater, help me out, is he that's within you than he that's within the world. That's the Holy Spirit within us. God's given us power to break the sin and the things that come against us. Now, let me just say this, folks. I don't care how much willpower you have. Let me tell you something. Willpower is not going to get it for you. You need the Holy Ghost power. Can you say amen? You need the Holy Spirit power. That's what you really need because that's the only thing that's going to change your life. You know, before you came become a Christian, the only thing you had to use for your bad habits was willpower. But willpower can only go so far. <laughs> Think about it. And unfortunately, a lot of Christians are still relying on the willpower. 
and the willpower is not getting it done. You need that Holy Ghost power that God's given us. So folks, when you become a Christian, there's a new power inside of you, a new power that God gives you to overcome the enemies in your life. Now, you know, mighty power, mighty, you know, greater than willpower. So the next, uh, the next thing it says is the law of Moses could not save us because of our sinful nature. Notice in your notes, laws, keeping laws uh, cannot save you. And, you know, somebody said, well, pastor, you know, I, you know, I keep the Ten Commandments. And I, my question is, really? Why don't you name them? Well, you know, I can't name them, but I keep them. Really? Help me out on that. You don't even know what they are, but you keep them? No, you probably don't, you know. Uh, by the way, keeping laws never work. Why? It says because of our sinful nature. Now, laws simply work on the outside behavior. Now, folks, this is good. You need to write this down. For instance, if I were to bring you a pig out here today, and that pig was just, I mean, it had all kinds of dirt and grime and whatever on it, and that pig was just a stinky, dirty old pig, you know, and you'd say, ooh, that's an old pig, you know, and, and, and how many of you know an old pig just rolls in the mud and, you know, it's just, you know, how many of you know you could take that pig to the car wash and you could wash it up? You could run it two, two or three times. Come on, somebody. You could put lipstick on the pig. Come on, somebody. You could put a bow on the pig and everything else. And let me tell you something. The first mud hole that pig finds, it's going right back in the mud hole. Why? Because it's a pig. It's its nature. You know, it, 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 that's just the nature of the pig, okay? So you need to understand that it's an outside. This is what happens when self-help programs, they don't work. It's not a self-help that you need. You need the Holy Spirit to help you. And folks, I'm not totally against self-help. I'm not programs, I'm not, but I'm gonna say, they don't, if that's all you have, it's not gonna work for you. You need more than that. You need something on the inside. You know, if you're just trying to change the outside, it's not gonna help. Can you say amen to that? Now, we can, you know, we can spiff up the outside, and we, by sheer willpower, saying, I'm going to take a bath, and I'm going to put on new clothes, and I'm going to do this, and that's okay for the outside. But folks, until you change the inside, you're going to be the same old nature, the same old person. If you believe that, say amen. That's the reason you can pass, they can pass any kind of laws they want to in Congress, and that's sometimes I have questions about politicians and the promises they give us. They can pass all kinds. They can pass a law that, 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 that you, you know, nobody will be prejudiced again. But how many of you know some people will still be prejudiced? Uh, you know, why? Because it's on the inside. You, you know, it's on the outside. It's not going to affect us. You know, let me tell you something. If you want to change in America, if you want to change, you need to start with somebody's heart. Change them right here. If you change them here, other things will change. Can you say amen? When you put Jesus in a person's life, let me tell you something. It doesn't matter if it's red or yellow, black or white. They're going to love everybody. Come on, somebody. Because that's what Jesus does. He changes us on the inside. It's not just the outside behavior. It's not the self-help programs that's going to really matter. Now, notice what it says, the law couldn't save us. So what's God's plan to save us? It says that he sent, notice in your note, he sent his only son in human body like ours, except there was no sin, and God destroyed sin's control over us by giving his son as a sacrifice for our sins. So you know, what's going to be the problem? What's our problem? What's our solution? It's Jesus, hallelujah. He takes care of it all. Can you say amen? In other words, he gave us the power to make those changes. Let me tell you something. I, I, you know, within myself, it would be hard for me to forgive people that's done me wrong. How many of you would say amen to that? 
somebody done you wrong, I mean, in the natural, it's like, I, I can't do that. I'm just, you know, I can't forgive them. But you know what? God gives us the power of the Holy Spirit that I can forgive someone that, that's done me wrong. You can forgive someone that's done you, done you wrong. If you believe that, say amen. You don't have to hold grudges. Come on, somebody. You don't have to have bitterness. Come on, somebody. Let me just say this. The grudges and the bitterness that you have towards someone else, you, you know what? The only thing it is, it's hurting you. It's not hurting them. But people don't understand that. You know, I'll cut off my nose and spite my face. Well, you probably will, but it's not going to help anything. Because that person over there may not even know the feelings that you have toward them. And what you need to do when the Holy Spirit comes into our life, he gives us the power to change all that. And you change it right here. You know, there's a lot of things that some of you have had things in your past that's happened in your past. And let me, let me tell you something. You can't change your past, but you can change the way you think about your past. Come on, somebody. And the Holy Spirit can give you the power to live above that. You know, you have problems, put the problems under your feet. Don't let the problems set on your head. Don't let the problems get you down, but put the problems under your feet. Somebody say amen. Give the Lord a hand clap this morning. Hallelujah. If you want to change your life, you start, you don't start with your behavior or actions. And you don't start with your feelings or your emotions. You start with your mind. You start right here. And folks, I'll tell you something. We all have emotions. We all have feelings. And I'm not asking you to suppress your feelings or emotions. I'm not saying that this morning. But what I'm saying is, you know, you, you, you know the battlefield of Christianity is right here. The battle to be set free from self starts with changing your mind. Be not conformed to this world, but be what? Transformed. How? By the renewing of your mind. The only way we're going to get through this thing and get, you know, why does Christians smile? Why, why does Christians, uh, you, you know, have joy when everybody else is down? It's because they have a different power. It's not willpower. It's Holy Ghost power. And they're using that to change the way they feel and think about things. If you believe that, say amen. Number two, write this down. The second mental habit to defeat weapons of self-destruction is this. I ask the Holy Spirit to give me Better thoughts. We're going to lead into that. Better thoughts. Everybody say better thoughts. If you ask him to give you better thoughts, do you think he will? Of course he will. Of course he's going to give you better thoughts if you're asking him for better thoughts. That's a prayer that he's going to answer. Now, now here's the way it goes. I ask the Holy Spirit to, to give me better thoughts. And then this is the second key to the permanent change in my life. And this is what it says in the next verse, Romans 8, 5, and 6. Those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on what that nature desires. Okay? It's like the pig. You know, what does he desire? <laughs> I don't desire the lipstick and going through the car wash. I, de I desire a rolling in the mud hole. And that's what the pig does. It's because of his nature. Okay? But those who live according, uh, with accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the, help me out, spirit desires, not what the flesh desires. You know, <laughs> you know we have our problems when we're drawn away by our own desires and lust you know, and things of that nature. That's where the problems come in, okay? So there's two kinds of mindset. You need to circle the word mindset there. There's a mindset of the old nature and there's a mindset of the Holy Spirit. Now, we have a mindset of the Holy Spirit. The mindset of the Holy Spirit is we want to do what God wants us to do, not what we want to do. Uh, there's a mindset of the way I normally think about my life, and there's a mindset of how the Spirit 
sees my life. And the Spirit knows exactly what I have need of. Now, which one of these is going to be true? The one the Spirit sees. So I have to choose between these mindsets. And I don't, I don't want to choose that way of the flesh. I don't want to choose the way of the world. But I want to choose the way of the Spirit. So I choose that. And I begin to think like that. Remember the scripture I gave you last week? Whatsoever thing is true. Whatsoever thing is lovely. Whatsoever thing is a good report. Help me out. Think on these things. How, what does God say? Where does God want our mind? You, you, know, you know, he wants our mind on something bigger and better than that, okay? So there's a big difference in choosing these mindsets. If you choose one, you're going to get the, uh, the one response. If you choose the other, you'll get the other response. And the next part of the verse tells us this. Look at it. The mind of sinful man is what? Death. It's death. The mind of sinful man is death. That means it's self-destruction. Thoughts that you come up with yourself are going to tend to self-destruction. Now, your thoughts are not going to be good thoughts. Well, let me tell you something. The Holy Spirit thoughts are going to always be good thoughts. Can you say amen? So what's the Holy Spirit saying in our lives? The mind of sinful man is death, but the mind controlled by the Spirit is life and peace. How many of you want life and peace? Let me see your hands. Hallelujah. I want life. I want peace. So remember this. Your problem may not change but your mindset can change. And if your mindset's changed, let me tell you something, you're going to change. You're going to change perspective the way that you're looking and your outlook of life is going to be different. You're going to have life. You're going to have peace. Come on, somebody. And that's what God wants us to have. And that's the difference between a life of self-destruction and a life of peace and, and a life of peace. Now, this is the Holy Spirit's answer to uncontrolled thoughts. Think about it. Uncontrolled thoughts. What I do is I ask the Holy Spirit to give me better thoughts. And this is the principle of, it's called the principle of replacement. And, and, and let me just say this. When you, you know, you, you again, it's, it's, it's the, the taking off of something and the putting on of something. Now, again, I think that should just be the thought in your mind. If you want those uncontrolled thoughts out of your life, what you need to do is you need to take that away and, and, you know, and you need to put something else in its place. It's called replacement. The principle of replacement is anything you want to change, some, anytime you want to change something in your life, you replace it with something else. So you replace it with what God wants you to think and what God says. When you've got something negative in your life, you don't resist it, you replace it. You try to resist it, it, it doesn't help. But if you replace it, it's going to help, it's going to work, you know, okay? So remember this. Uh, whatever you focus on gets your attention. Whatever gets your attention gets you. Somebody say amen. You know, I don't want these negative thoughts to get me. So some people are dwelling on negative thoughts. They're dwelling on all these things. They're talking about these things. They let these things just work in their mind and their emotions and their feelings. And after a while, you know, how many of you know you can get your own self upset? Or you can just choose to be happy. Don't you like the happy song, I'm happy? <laughs> Just choose it, folks. I'm telling you, really, there is, there is something to that that we choose. You know, you choose to be sad. You can sit around, twirl your thumbs, shake your head, and, and stare at the wall. Come on, somebody. Or you can just choose to be happy. I'm going to choose to be happy. What's what the Holy Spirit wants in your life? And as long as I resist, now, now notice this. That's why if you want to break any bad habit in your life, the key is not to resist it, but to refocus. It's not resisting something, but to refocus. I'll give, I'll give you an illustration. Whatever you resist 
persist. Why? Because you keep focusing on it. As long as I resist the donut, it doesn't work. I usually end up with the donut. If I sit there dwelling on that donut for a half hour, I might as well just go eat it. Because it ain't going to work anyway. That's the reason they say, you know, someone's on a diet or something like that. You know, I'm never going to eat another piece of, you know, piece of cake or sweet thing again. Folks, don't do that. Around, along the way, that's right, you'll eat more. You know, it's like, good night. You wouldn't eat that much if you wasn't on a diet. Because you just keep focusing on it. You know, focusing on it's not going to help you. It's going to hurt you. So you got to replace it with something else. Does that make sense to you? Does that make sense? Okay, so I asked the Holy Spirit to give me better thoughts to replace the negative ones in my mind. You choose what you dwell on. Satan gives you ideas. It's called temptation. The Holy Spirit gives you ideas. It's called inspiration. So do you want to be tempted or do you want to be inspired? And if you want to be inspired, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He will inspire something better. That The enemy will give you something. You know, you could choose that if you want to, but how many of you know God always has something better if you'll just look over here? He always has something better for you to choose. And that's what we need to do. If you believe that, say amen. And you can ask the Holy Spirit, I invite you to give me your ideas. Lord, I don't like this feeling I'm getting. I don't like these thoughts I'm, I'm, I'm having right now. I don't like what I'm going through right now. And the Holy Spirit can change that for you. If you believe that, say amen. So today, allow the Holy Spirit to have free access to your mind. The battleground of Christianity starts right here. Why? Because those who live according to the sinful nature have their minds set on one thing. And it's that sinful nature, okay? It's those things of the world. It's things of the flesh. And we need to rise above that. If you believe that, say amen. So look at the next verse. The sinful mind is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Only God can change them. God, you know, change comes through the inside out, okay? We need to understand that. So the third principle, the third mental habit, you're going to need to develop and apply these truths of Romans chapter 8 in your life. The last one, let me give you this one. You need this one, okay? Number three. And you know what? We're not going to finish today. We're going to pick this up next week. But I wanted to give you this third one. This is so good. I realize I have a new ability to say no. Everybody say no. no. So when the enemy comes against us, all right, Frank, thank you back there. We appreciate it. Say, everybody say no. no. All right. I realize I have a new ability to say no. I need to remind myself on the daily basis that I am a believer. How many of you are a believer? Let me see your hands. You're a believer. I'm a believer. I have a new ability, and I can say no to the self-destruction in my life. And this is very important because before you became a believer, all you had was willpower. All you had was willpower, and you lost to the most of those bad habits because willpower wears out. Willpower is not enough. But now with the Spirit in your life, you have a new ability to say no, a new ability. Now look at Galatians 5.16. I want you to see this. You need to learn how to tap into that power that God has in your life. Galatians 5.16. Let the Spirit direct your lives, and you will not satisfy the desires of the old human nature. If I let the Spirit live through me, does it say that I won't have those desires? No, no, no. 
Here's what it says. It says, I won't satisfy those desires. In other words, do I still have the same desires I had before I was a Christian? Everybody say yes. They're there. They're there. Okay. Do I still have the same temptations? Yes. I still have the same temptations. Do I still have the urges and the compulsions? Yes. Do I fulfill them? No. We're just saying no to that. Let me tell you something. How many of you have been tempted at least one time in your life? Let me see your hands. How many have been tempted in this, this year so far, at least one time? How many of you was tempted uh, within the last week? Oh, we won't go any further, okay. <laughs> Temptation knocks at our door on a daily basis. Temptation wants to come in. And folks, you have the power to say no. I'll not go that way. I'll not choose that. I'll not choose that. So these things come, why? Because I'm, I have a new power on the inside of me. And it's not just willpower anymore. People say, uh, but, but why should I limit any desires in my life that seem natural? Why should I rein in any of the natural desires? Why? Because not everything natural is uh, good for you. Somebody say amen. So, you know, you think about some of the things, and you know, let's just give you an illustration. How many of you have ever wanted to just uh, choke somebody for something they did to you? Thank you, Bob. And I'll say amen too, Bob. Can we be honest this morning? Can we be real? Can we take off the mask today? And there's things that trouble us in this life. So not everything that's natural. You may pull out of the parking lot today and someone may, because you, didn't, you pulled out too fast, you didn't pull out fast enough. Somebody, sometimes people say things cruel and uncouth to you. Somebody say amen. amen. Now, do you have the desire to say it back to them? Do we choose to do that? No. I, don't, I have the power to. You know what, if I choose to do that, okay, I pull out of the parking lot, somebody down here, and, and, and they curse at me, and they've done, actually, they've done that. Because I didn't see somebody pulling out over here. There's a street on to the right pulling out by the library there, okay? Someone was pulling out. He was coming this way, and I was pulling out. I didn't even see him there. And, and, and really, I was, I could have been way past him, but we was pulling out at the same time. Went by and just said something unkind and nasty or whatever, you know? And, uh, you know, the old devil said, you know what, you ought to just tell him what you think. <laughs> he just told you what he thought about you. Won't you just tell him what you thought about him? <laughs> and I know none, some of you have never done that. Oh, Pastor. <laughs> Be honest. <laughs> We're talking about reality here today. We're talking about how life really is. And sometimes we have those temptations. We have those desires. We have those things that come up in our life, and, but we have to say no. Everybody say no. no. What about when your spouse says something unkind to you? Well, I'll just say something unkind back. That's what I, I hope not. You can change the whole situation by saying something nice. <laughs> we have a lot of natural desires. Now, somebody as I said, may some, say something bad. You, you don't have to say something back, back to them that way. And do you know, uh, some things that are natural, um, 
you know, arsenic. Uh, you know, it might be a, a something natural, but I'll tell you what, you don't want to drink it. Come on, somebody. It's going to cause you harm. You don't want, you know, take that in, you know, but it is something that's a natural, but you don't take that in. So just because it says natural doesn't mean it's good. And there's things in my old nature that are very natural for me, but they're also self-destructive. And I've got to come to the place, and here, here it is right there. I realize I have a new power, a new ability to say no. And I'm saying, no, I'm not going to do that. I choose not to do that. People say, if I feel this way, why shouldn't I just give in to it? Because that's called, you know, uh, you know, when you don't give in to something, it's called maturity. You grow. Now, when I was, you know, Paul said when I was a child, I thought as a child, I acted like a child. But when I grew up, I put childish things away. Come on, somebody. I put them away because I grew up. I matured. And it's called maturity, and that's what we do. Maturity is when you do the right thing, not what you feel like doing, but you do the right thing. And God wants us to focus on that. If you believe that, say amen. Now, if you did what I felt like doing, you may, you know, if I felt like I, you know, do, doing, it always do, there'll be many times that we just sleep in. We just pull the shades down and go back to bed. It doesn't look good outside. I don't want to face the day, but we do face the day. Can you say amen? And there's problems that we have, and we, we do face that. So look at Romans 8, 9. Mm, I like this. Romans 8, 9, verse 9. But you, talking about the believer, but you are not controlled by your sinful nature. You once were a pig, but you're not a pig no more. <laughs> You once had that kind of a nature, but you don't have that kind of nature no more, okay? That's what he's saying. You are now controlled by the Spirit. If you have the Spirit of God living in you, and anybody who does not have the Spirit of God living in them does not belong to Christ. He makes the difference. When he comes into our life, that's what we need to gauge everything on. But he says that because I have this, I now have a new ability that I can say no. Now look at the last scripture. I have it in your notes there. So dear brothers, you have no obligation anymore to your old sinful nature to do what it begs you to do. You don't have to do that no more. Now there was a time, you know, when you first got saved, you know, you, you're trying to work your way through this. You're trying to get your bearings. You're trying to figure out, you know, who you are in Christ. And once you start getting those things, you start learning that. And the scripture comes and you're sitting in Bible study. You learn who you are. You learn those things, and you, you learn that you have power. Oh, hallelujah. You have power. Somebody say you have power. God's given you mighty weapons, mighty power, and this is how God sets me free from my compulsions. Before, when I compulsed to do something, I felt like doing something, I, I, did, I just would do it, okay? Uh, you know, and, and now I've got a new power, and it's on the inside of me, and I don't have to do that no more. And I can choose to do this. Now, you know, the Bible says to be slow to speak and swift to, help me out, hear. Swift to hear. You hear what the Holy Spirit is saying. You need to be listening to what God is saying. Now, when, when, you know, we, we, we hear things around us all, you know, especially that we're in this world, we're not of it, but we're in this world, we hear the things of the world. Yeah, some of you might work in a shop, some of you might work in a place and say, oh, pastor, you wouldn't even want to go there. Well, I worked in the shop for many years too, so I know what it's like, okay? It's just, that's the world. Can you say amen? 
That's the way it is. That's the way the world operates. That's the way they do. They, you know, I, I've, I've walked in the, you know, shop uh, cafeteria many times, and, and, it, and it'll be so loud. When I walk in, you hear a pin drop. Was you talking about me, guys? <laughs> oh, Pastor, you wouldn't want to hear this. I probably wouldn't. I probably just walked back out. They they got it right. They you know, and not not that I'm being a whatever. You know, I you know, I'm not that I'm pointing fingers or shaming on you or nothing like that. But I'm just saying that's not. I probably wouldn't. I probably wouldn't get anything out of that. Don't want to hear that. But you, you see, we have that choice that we can say no. Everybody say no. Now, I've got this new power. Compulsions. You can ruin an entire life with one second of compulsion. Just go out and ask a bunch of politicians who had scandals last year. Come on, somebody. You know, one little incident of compulsion that they took a whole lifetime to build a career, you know, and then one thing, one compulsion, they give in to something and it just completely wipes everything out. Can I get a witness this morning? So you see how that works. And this is how God sets me free from my compulsions. God sets me free. Dear brothers, you have no obligation anymore to your old sinful nature. You're not you know, obligated to that anymore. You're not obligated. Why? Because we have a new power. We have a new ability to say no. Now, I want to say no to those things, but I want to say Yes to the Holy Spirit. Can you say amen? Did you get anything out of this this morning? If you did, put your hands together. Give the Lord a hand clap. I, I want to pray for you. Would you bow your heads this morning? And Jacob comes back. I want to pray for you. We're going to sing a chorus, and, and uh, then we're going to worship, and, and we're going to go our separate ways. But I, I believe God wants to get this down in your spirit. And I, I want to pray for you this morning. And and we talked about those things that, that we need to have, okay? And, and things that needs to happen in our life. And, you know, if we're going to make a difference, if we're going to be the person that God wants us to be, you know, we've got to realize that there's no condemnation to them that are in Christ Jesus. You know, and that's what the Bible teaches us, okay? We've got to realize this. We have to remind ourselves daily what Jesus did for us. We've got to ask the Holy Spirit to give me Better thoughts. Everybody say better thoughts. And I have to realize that I had the ability to say, no, I don't want to go there. I don't want to do that. Father, I thank you for this congregation. I thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in it through our lives. I believe that you are teaching us your ways, which are higher than our ways. I believe, God, that you're showing us a new pathway, a new way over these seven weapons of self-destruction these seven problems these seven landmines that we are constantly stepping on that's causing us problems and every one of us have faced those at one time or another and it might be this one today and that one tomorrow but these are these seven deadly weapons but God you've given us the antidote you've given us a new ability and we could say no You've given us your Holy Spirit. Help us, Lord, to hold on to that. Help us, God, to walk in that. Jacob, I want you to get ready to sing a song. Father, I pray for this congregation. And I believe in just a little bit, Lord, there's going to be some things that we're going to just lay on the altar today and ask that you do something new 
in and through us. We want to walk in your ways. We want your new pathways. The old things passing away. And behold, all things becoming new in our lives. We want that transformation, God, that, you know, not dwelling on the past, not dwelling on what was, but what is, and the power that is to be in our lives if we belong to Christ. And maybe there's someone this morning that doesn't belong to Christ. Lord, I pray for them this morning that they'd come to that saving knowledge. In Jesus' name.